Hey, what's up? Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Know the Game, uh, episode 14, available on YouTube, Spotify, iTunes. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, this is episode 14. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for listening and watching the last episode. Today, we're going to go over um, Ben Roethlisberger last season uh, with the Steelers as well as the NFL draft order, um, uh, some other NFL stuff like Mac Jones uh, and, the, and the Patriots. And then over in the in, in the MLB, we're going to talk about the lockout that's happening that is sadly affecting all of Major League Baseball. Max Scherzer, uh, Corey Seager, and Marcus Simeon all signed since the last episode. Um, and then we'll go over where Carlos Correa Trevor Story and, and even like Chris Bryant could end up after the lockout. And then finally, uh, we'll take a look at the Hall of Fame ballot because there's not a whole lot going on currently in the MLB. Um, then in the NBA, the Suns and the Warriors, have, the Suns had their 18-game win streak snapped. And the Warriors and Steph Curry are still playing at the, at the top of the game. And then we'll talk about who is at fault on the Los Angeles Lakers, LeBron, Westbrook, AD the coaching staff, and then college football. The final four for the college football playoff have been revealed. Talk about those and as well as USC getting a powerhouse new head coach. So, uh, Gavin, uh, let's get things started wherever you would like. Well, uh, first up, we have the NFL. And uh, first thing is uh, Big Ben Roethlisberger. Said that uh, it's going to be his last season with the Steelers. I'm surprised he didn't say it was his last season in general because I don't think he should, you know, play football again because he's not that good as he used to be. And I don't think, you know, any team would really like him on their team. You know, he's about to be, what, 40 years old and he has regressed, like, really badly. Uh, Steelers haven't been doing all too well this season. Big Ben is a big reason why uh, they could uh, use a quarterback in the draft, which they're most likely going to pick up a good fit for them. Uh, I I kind of see them signing uh, Kenny or signing drafting Kenny Pickett, the quarterback from uh, Pitt. That's just a guy I see them drafting. I don't know why he just feels like he just looks like he'd be a Steeler. But uh, yeah, Big Ben last season with the Steelers. Well, it's kind of funny that you say Kenny Pickett is a guy that could get drafted there, uh, considering the fact that he goes to school in Pittsburgh. So he wouldn't have to go that far for his NFL career. And right now the, Pitt, the Steelers are projected the 16th pick. But Ben Roethlisberger, Adam Schefter, broke the news that this is probably his last season. Uh, but it clearly stated with the Steelers, Ben Roethlisberger, I guess, has all intentions of playing next season, which I do not see happening. You look at his numbers this year, he's completed 64% of his passes and thrown 14 tutties and six picks. And the Steelers are 5-5-1. and They're last in the AFC North. They have not been a really uh, competitive team this year, considering the fact that last year they were 11-0 through the first 12 weeks of the season, and they won their division. Um, This is really all Ben Roethlisberger. I think the... The Steelers have a pretty talented roster on, on defense. You know, they have Minka Fitzpatrick and, and Devin Bush and, and T.J. Watt. 
uh, or not Devin Bush, the Gary guy. Yeah, my bad. Oh, uh, but yeah, the, yeah. Oh, he is on the Steelers. Okay, I'm a. Anyways, and they also have a really good head coach in Mike Tomlin, one of the uh, the best head coaches in the game of football. Uh, but the the thing that's really holding them back is Ben Roethlisberger. Um, and then I don't even know what team would want to give him a shot next season because there's no way you're gonna give a like a 40 year old Ben Roethlisberger a chance at your starting quarterback job. So I don't know what's gonna happen with them or him, but no, life's crazy. Uh, another you know thing in NFL, uh, the uh, the Patriots have been you know speed rushing through a bunch of teams these past six seven weeks and uh they're looking they're looking like they're the first team in the afc uh afc just in general for a reason uh matt jones is a big key to that you know they drafted him with i think it was the 15th overall pick in the draft uh uh you know it was either patriots Go to fifteen or go to three, to the to the 49ers, Ended up falling all the way to fifteen in the Patriots. Right now, looking like he should have been the first overall pick instead of Trevor Lawrence, but you never know. I mean, the Patriots have been so good these past six weeks. They deserve to be, uh, you know, first in the AFC. But you know, do you think they're the best team in general this season in the AFC? I don't know. This is a really tough question. Um, when you look at the AFC and you look at each of these teams, you know, the Ravens, they're eight and three. They're leading the conference, but there's a lot of questions on them. Lamar Jackson's health and, and that whole offense uh, is, is really just only Lamar Jackson. And then the Titans, they lost Derrick Henry and they lost A.J. Brown and Julio Jones. No words have been spoken about him since, like, he's got traded there. Um, and then the Chiefs, who had struggles earlier this season, are figuring it out. I will say I do think the Patriots are the best team in the AFC. I think they have this season probably the best quarterback in the AFC. And all the money they spent in the offseason, all $100-plus million, plus has, has really paid off. Hunter Henry and Johnny Smith has played good. And everybody else that they've brought Don't in have made— on. Everybody else that they've brought in have made uh, a significant impact on this team. And, you know, they play on Monday night against their division rivals in the Buffalo Bills. This is a very big game for them. They win this game. They're up 9-4, going to lead the the conference. And if they lose this, then they fall down to the wild card spot, and the Bills will be leading that division. So big game for them on Monday. Um, but, you know, the I do think the Patriots are the best team in the AFC. Uh, you know, like you said, the Chiefs, you know, they haven't been – Good. I don't really see them making it past, you know, the wild card, but they haven't picked it up. Honestly, I think that the Patriots could be like Super Bowl favorites in the AFC if not for the Ravens. But uh, moving on, in the we're gonna move on to the MLB, and uh, Rob Manfred is a idiot or he's a joke. Uh, you know, they're they're having their first lockout in a very, very long time. Uh, we're not going to see any signings for who knows how long. This could go on for, you know, weeks, months, years. I mean, this is 
this is crazy. Uh, how long do you think this is going to last? Well, I hope it ends, like, tomorrow, like, right now. Um, but to be honest, I don't see this thing ending probably until, like, probably until, like, uh, who knows, like, February, January. At the, at the latest, February, early January is probably when this is going to end. And that just really sucks because, you know, the offseason is the best part one of the best parts of baseball, all the rumors and all the signings and all the trades that happen. And, and now it's silent. No moves can happen except for minor leaguers. Um, and it's just, it's so unfortunate because there's just so much to look forward to. Yeah. It also hurts, you know, with people that do sports talk, sports podcasts. I mean, what are you going to talk about this whole offseason of baseball when, you know, what you talk about, in baseball during the offseason is the signings, the trades. None of that can happen with the lockout. I mean, it's crazy. I mean, guys like Carlos Correa, uh, Freddie Freeman, too, like they won't be able yeah. to sign with a team for however long this goes for. Uh, I, this is, this is going to be crazy. Yeah, and they, they can't even speak to teams. Like, you can't even – you're not supposed to talk to them. I I bet, like, they still are, like – if I'm on a team right now, if I'm Mike Trout, I'm pretty sure I'd be talking to my GM. Um, but you're not supposed to. Um, and something I want to bring up, so the proposals that were thrown out of the CBA, what what each party wants, the MLB wants 14 teams in the playoffs, and the PA wants, wants 12. And then they want, like, a bunch of salary stuff. Um, and then there was also this interesting thing that I sent you um, – about the divisions being realigned as well as um, the 14-team playoff. I came up with a proposal um, the other day uh, in class because I don't do schoolwork at school. Um, This was a 14-team playoff, and the first seed gets a bye. So pretty much the... Pretty much winning the divisions do not matter in baseball anymore. So using last year's standings as an example, the Giants had the best record in baseball last year, right? So these are the orders of of the seeding, right? Giants would have the one seed. Dodgers would have the two seed. Brewers three, Cardinals four, Braves five, Reds six, Phillies seven. And the first seed would get the bye. And then you'd have two, seven, three, four, five, six, or three, six, five, four playing each other in the playoffs. The wild card round would be best of three, division best of five, and the ALC or the CS and the World Series would be best of seven. And this is a uh, this is just the type of proposal and playoff format that I think the MLB should follow. You know, the NBA and the NFL have they don't divisions don't really matter, right? Um, well, in the NFL they do, but in the NBA divisions don't matter. Uh, it's all about your record, and I think that's what MLB should adopt, a 14-team a playoff where all that matters is your, your record. So then the Dodgers don't have to play a wild-card game. They can be the two-seed in the playoffs. Um, next up, you know, some sad signings if you're a Dodger fan, which I am. Uh, Max Scherzer is getting signed a very, very big deal with the with the Mets. I'm very sad as a Dodgers fan. 
it's it's going to be it, this this is uh, like the the biggest contract in all of sports history. Uh, yeah, he signs with the signs with the Mets. What was it like? Uh, he's getting forty million a year, which is also it's three year, one hundred and thirty million dollars a year. They're not a year, one hundred and thirty million dollars. Three years, and you're making one hundred thirty million dollars in three years. That's like that's crazy. Like I don't even know what to say about that. That's more than forty forty million a year. Dude, it's uh it's crazy. He's thirty seven years old and he's actually he's actually gonna make forty three million dollars next season. AAV thirty forty three million dollars. That is the biggest contract AAV wise in MLB history. That breaks Trevor Bauer's record of last season with like his forty million dollar contract. Scherzer gets forty three. Um, there's a lot of things with this. First of all, he's old, so he'll be like in his he'll be nearing the end of his I mean he is nearing the end of his career, but he'll be forty when this contract is up. Clearly you can see that the Mets outbid everybody else. They they were the ones that paid him the big bucks and probably gave him an extra year to step to come to New York with the Mets. And this is a big move for the Mets. They they now have Jacob deGrom and Max Scherzer as their one and two in their rotation. These are two of the best pitchers in the last decade in the game of baseball. Uh yeah, I mean, you know the Mets were looking to get to the playoffs with the, that late addition of Javier Baez didn't turn out the way they wanted to. Uh, also Jacob Degrom was injured last year. Uh, could have won Cy Young in like a below one ERA throughout like every single start. It's crazy. He like gave up two runs only like once. I mean. Jacob Degrom was the best pitcher last year without without you know injury. Wasn't there a point last season where he had more where he scored more runs than he allowed? Like he drove in more runs than he allowed. I'm pretty yeah, sure that was the thing last had, season. Yeah, he had more RBIs than like earned runs. It was crazy. Uh, a guy, a guy like Max Scherzer, uh, you know, first ballot Hall of Famer. Uh, a guy like Max Scherzer joining the Mets is going to be huge with that one-two punch of Scherzer or DeGrom. Who do you think is going to be their ace? Like, who is going to be their opening day starter? Who do you think? I think I think it's got to be Jacob DeGrom if he's healthy. He's just been there the longest. He is the face of the Mets staff. I mean, I would choose any of them to be my number one. It, it's just incredible what they what that team's done and they've spent a lot of money this offseason you know they brought in starling Marte on a big deal escobar and canna and they're, st- they're still paying francisco lindor all that money and they're paying robinson cano a bunch of money to just be like complete trash um and james mccann's making a lot of money and jacob Degrom and max scherzer so they're paying a lot of guys a lot of money um but i think it's it's obviously for the right reasons they got a new gm who, for some reason, you know, now is spending on pitching when he used to be the Angels GM and ever signed a pitcher in his life. Uh, but now the Mets are like, I'd say you have to take them somewhat seriously in the in the NL East. Yeah, I mean, I, I, a sign at the Mets day that you know underwent a lot of a lot of talk was Starling Marte. I didn't hear any like much anything about him getting you know signed. That was a, that's a very big addition to that team right there. Like. He's a very, very good uh, bag stealer. Like, he, yeah. you know, he steals, he steals money and stolen bases. 
he can hit for contact very well. And, uh, you know, he just gets on base when he needs to. And he steals a lot of bases. Martana got that power, and so does Eduardo Escobar. Who do, so the Mets, who do you sorry, who do you think in this – okay, in the NL East now, are the Mets the favorite to win it? I think mm, it depends. It depends on if everybody in the Mets stays healthy or uh, – yeah, if, if Jacob DeGrom stays healthy through the season, they could be the favorite to win it. I mean, the if the if the uh, the Braves sign Freddie Freeman back, they uh, they could also be the favorite to you know get back on top. Uh, it just depends on if the Braves sign Freddie Freeman back, or if you know the Mets, everybody's healthy. The Phillies, I don't think about the I don't think the Phillies could make it. Uh, Nationals definitely not. I mean, same with the Marlins. No, I mean, those two teams suck. But you know, I think I think the Mets are the favorite to win it right now, just because of how much power they have, that one-two punch, and the the other position players that they are signing. And for age, he isn't done for however you know long this lockout uh, ends. They can sign. I don't think they'd sign a shortstop because they have one door, but still, they can sign. They can still sign more players when this is all over. Yeah, I'll tell you what. The Mets are the, are probably my favorites right now, um, and then probably the Braves. But it wouldn't surprise me. A sneaky team to watch out for is definitely the Marlins. They have really young pitching staff, a lot of really young top level prospects there, and they've signed a few bats. You know, maybe they go out and get a Trevor Story or a Carlos Correa. Uh, but yeah, I do think the Mets are the favorites in this division, and they could still make a few more moves. Maybe sign a pitcher like Rodon or something. Trade for trade for a guy. Uh, the Mets are looking pretty good. Uh, another signing that is sad for an Audrey fan uh, is oh shoot, I didn't mean to do that. Is Corey <laughs> Seager? Yeah. Is a uh, Corey Seager? <laughs> Uh, course year signed a ten-year, three hundred and twenty-five million dollar contract with the, with the Rangers. Uh, it's very, very sad. Very, very, very sad. Uh, Corey Seager. He is. He was the World Series MVP in the Dodgers won. He is very good in MLB The Show. He is uh, you know, just very good in baseball in general when he's healthy. I mean, he's a, he's a top. Five top three shortstop win healthy. I mean, his bat he can hit for power like nothing. I mean, he he hits for average like it's like it's like like nothing. Like he's he's really good, and he's gonna be a Ranger for the rest of his life now. And also he's recruiting Clayton Kershaw. So this is I was not expecting this at all when we the last episode we gave our predictions and. I don't think either of us picked the Rangers. I think you picked the Yankees, and I chose the Dodgers. And now he's a Ranger. Um, first of all, it sucks because that's the division the Angels are in. Um, but, you know, I still think the Texas Rangers suck. I think they're going to be bad for a few more years, hopefully. But their lineup is pretty scary now because they also just signed a guy in Marcus Semien from the Blue Jays. They signed him like two days before. So they signed Marcus Simeon two days before. And then Corey Seager was like, bruh, move over. I'm going to sign here. 
So now they have a really good middle infield duo. Um, and they also went on and got signed John Gray and Cole Calhoun. Um, first of all, I'd just like to say we're going to insert the clip of me predicting the Marcus Semyon signing. So uh, here that is. Is wanting to sign people when they should be clearly rebuilding. I'm going to pick the Rangers. They've met with some shortstops and they want to spend money for some weird reason. I think Marcus Simeon's the guy that they get. Uh, yeah, so, you know, I predicted that uh, very well. I'm just a, a, a goat. But the Corey Seager one's very surprising. I didn't think the Rangers were going to go out and get two guys. And I was very surprised to see um, people go to the Rangers. I was really surprised. I thought Seager was going to want to win. I didn't think he was going to want to lose for the rest of his career. Yeah, Marcus Simeon signed a seven-year, $175 million contract. So they'll be around the same age when they both, you know, leave, or when they, uh, yeah, both leave the Rangers because I think they'll both be like thirty-seven, thirty-eight. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I mean, they're gonna, they're both gonna be Rangers for the rest of their career. Uh, it sucks seeing Max Scherzer and Corey Seager both leave, and uh, but good thing uh, is uh, the Dodgers they re-sign a uh, Chris Chris Taylor. And uh, we're going to be going over a lot of, you know, just, you know, uh, a lot of players that are signed with their teams or signed somewhere else that are, aren't huge names, but they're, they're, they're still, you know, good. So first, I mean, first is uh, Chris Taylor. I mean, Dodgers needed to sign him right after they lost Max Scherzer and uh, uh, Corey Seager. Had to a four-year. $60 million contract, which I think is a steal for Chris Taylor because he had a monster season, uh, was an all-star, and then uh, he wasn't doing too well in the second half, but he was outstanding in the postseason. There is a fifth-year option that can go up to $73 million, but, uh, I mean, Chris Taylor is a key signing for this Dodgers club. Yeah, once they lost Seager and Scherzer, but mainly Seager, it was a very big must that they have to bring this guy back he he was an all-star last season he he can play every single position on the field which is a very valuable thing to have you know if a guy needs an off day wherever uh chris taylor can play there and right now i i'd, I'd say he's the starting second baseman on opening day um unless they go out and get freddie freeman and max muncie slides over to play second base still the, the chris taylor signing was a very very big must for the dodgers uh, the thing about Max Muncy is that he is still like very very hurt yeah. from his whatever the heck he hurt. But uh, sucks for the Angels because they lost two Cy Young uh, caliber pitchers and Alex Cobb to the to the Giants and Dylan Bunny to the Twins. Connor, what do you have to say about this? Alex Cobb was uh, he was actually pretty good for the Angels last year. Uh, we didn't pay any of his salary. He was making like thirteen million. Um, I I did think we should have. Resigned him. Unfortunately, we didn't. Uh, but Dylan Bundy uh, is the worst pitcher I've ever seen pitch live. I saw him pitch two games. Uh, I think one was against the Blue Jays and the other was against the Oakland A's. Um, we were lucky to win the game against the A's. We came back. He gave up like seven home runs. And then the one against the Blue Jays, we got rocked by like Springer and Semyon and Vladdy and Goriel. We got rocked. Um, it was good in the 2020 shortened season. But that was like three games. Uh, so Dylan Bundy, I mean, you suck. Uh, 
Javier Baez mm. is on the on the Tigers now. I predicted this one too. Insert clip. This is who I think is gonna. This is who I think the Tigers are gonna sign. I think they're gonna get Baez. You know, straight up. I'm just good at predicting stuff like that. Yeah, good signing for the he, Tigers, I guess. Yeah, I don't yeah know. six years. Six years, 140. Uh, he's pretty good, but the Cubs suck with the Mets. He was, but, well, uh, he was, no, he was actually better with the Mets than he was with the Cubs, statistic-wise. But he made the Mets suck. Yeah, I think they should have signed Carlos Correa, though, because he's a better player when he's younger. Uh, another like a uh, pitching. This is a re-signing. Uh, one of the really underrated pitcher in the in the in the pen is uh, Rasiel Iglesias. He, he resigned with the with the Angels. Uh, he he was really good with the Angels last year. Very underrated, but he's gonna be with them for the next four years. Okay, I just need to get some off. Uh, I'm wearing the Dodger hat just because it matches the sweater, even though I'm an Angels fan. Um, Ryza Iglesias was at the top of the list, priority number one for the Angels to re-sign because he was one of the best closers in the game last year. Super underrated. All MLB second team. Must re-sign. We re-signed him on a really good deal, $15 million or so a year for the next four years. Could be our closer and shut down the ninth inning. Amazing deal. Uh... What was it? Oh yeah, like uh, wait, what was I looking at? Oh yeah, Marcus Stroman signed with the Cubs. Oh, uh, frick you, frick you! I DM'd you for three, four straight days, and then you signed with the Cubs. Uh, another guy that Connor DM'd was a uh, Robbie Ray, signed with the Mariners. I only so, DM'd uh, him for one day, and he signed. I think the thing is, once I DM them, they don't want to come to the Angels anymore, so I need to stop. Same thing out yeah, with Trevor Bauer. Just, yeah, just like with Trevor Bauer. Uh, but I don't think anybody would want him on a team to make money that he's not even earning. But, uh, you know, Robbie Ray, five years. Reigning Cy Young. Uh, five years, $115 million deal for the Mariners. That's a very, very big signing for the Mariners. They were about to make the playoffs. Then lost that last game. Didn't make the playoffs. But, you know, they were hot, burning hot that last stretch of the season. And, uh, you know, Mariners, or the, uh, Robbie Ray can help the Mariners get that final push to make, you know, to go on the playoffs. I don't think it's the last move they make. Uh, they were really close. They won 90 games, and their playoff streak is like at 20 years. It's a really long streak. It's like too long. Uh, I mean... Honestly, I thought this guy was going to retire at the end of this year. Is a Rich Hill signed a one-year deal with the with the Red Sox. This is probably going to be his last season because he's from the Boston area and he signed with the Boston Red Sox. I think it's going to be his last season. And uh, you know, just a one-year deal because he's like 47 years old. Not really, he's like 41, I think. He's like one. I think he's like the oldest, one of the oldest uh, pitchers in baseball. But okay, honestly, we didn't talk about this. We didn't say uh, uh, this about Max Scherzer. Or even Robbie Ray, like these pitchers that are making, these starting pitchers that are making over 100, 200, not 200, like over 100 million. Keep in mind that they're, they are only, they're, they are only playing every five days. Yeah. And you're 
like Max Scherzer's pitching every five days and he's making forty million dollars a year. That's crazy. Well, the the thing for Scherzer is when he pitches every five days, he's the, one of the best in baseball. But Robbie Ray only had one good season, and that was last year. When you look at the rest of his career, he's a four ERA pitcher. Um, so if he, that's the thing. Like the Mariners could have just spent a hundred plus million dollars on a guy for the next five years for him to give post up a four ERA and, and not be a good pitcher. Um, so it's a big risk. Um, I think this is going to be our our last one right here. Uh, who who? Oh, this guy right here. Uh, let's talk about Mark Melanson because he has one of the mm. sickest walkout songs and intros like ever when he comes out of the bullpen. He was very good with the with the Padres, very underrated. Also, same thing, just like Rocio Iglesias. He's gonna go to the Diamondbacks for the next two seasons. Uh, you know, he he had like uh. That was his first all-star appearance since 2016. He was very good. And I like Mark Melanson now just because of when he walks out. It's crazy. He probably is going to get traded. They probably signed him because they could trade him pretty soon. Because if he's good next year, they'll get some some good value back. So, yeah. Uh, Also, there's been so much signings. I don't think we can cover them all. But... uh, Let's go over like just just quick trades. Uh, Marlins got Joey Wendell from the weight Rays oh, yeah. from Cameron Cameron Minzer, uh, and then uh, the, uh, the 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 Marlins traded Jose or not Jorge Alfaro to the Padres for a player to be named later. Oh, I didn't even also- know that happened. Uh, they, they traded Jorge Alfaro because they acquired Jacob Stallings from the Pirates for uh, Zach Thomas, or Tom, and Zach Thomas, Zach Thompson, Kyle Nichols, and Connor Scott. You know, just a few prospects. And then uh, this one, this one was very, very weird to me. Red Sox got Jackie oh. Bradley Jr., David Hamilton, David Hamilton, and Alex. Enols, I don't even know how to say that. And the Brewers got Hunter Renfro. This is a pretty pretty weird. Uh, Jackie Bradley Jr. is making some money that he shouldn't be making because he's not you know that good. Just like I didn't like catching baseballs in the air. So those are just uh, some quick trades. Uh, not too not too crazy, but uh, there's still pretty big names in there like Hunter Renfro, uh, Joey Wendell. That that Red Sox one is the Red Sox one's interesting. Renfro, this is like his third team. Yeah, he gets he's got traded every single offseason for the past three years, and he actually was pretty good with the Red Sox. He he had thirty one home runs and hit two fifty nine and the eight sixteen OPS. He's like an offensive player, and like that's like the Brewers need offense, but the Red Sox every team needs offense. But I think they should have kept him because. I mean, Jackie Bradley Jr. has not been able to hit a baseball since 2016. Um, I mean, last year he had six home runs and hit two, hit a 163, hit 163. 
that's absolute garbage. He's a really good defender, but he, I mean, no one can, no one cares about defense. Okay, that, like doesn't matter. Um, so that's that's gonna be it about the transactions. You know, there there's still a lot more signings that we could talk about, but uh, I think this has gone on for you know long enough. We can talk about this in a different episode. Yeah, but, a lot uh, of the other ones don't really matter. Yeah, but uh, you know, like uh, you want to talk about this uh, players that uh, use uh, you know steroids, PEDs. Uh, should they be in the Hall of Fame? Yes or no? Um, interesting question. You know, I. I don't well, this really is, really the, take this for example, Barry Bonds. Barry Bonds, mo- one of the most controversial players in all of sports. Most home runs ever by a player in a career. Most home runs ever by a player in a season. But 262, I'm pretty sure it is. Uh, Barry Bonds, best power hitter ever, whether that's steroids or no steroids. I mean, it doesn't matter... I mean, look at his look at his on base percentage. Like he was on base a lot, and that doesn't mean just for hitting the ball. That means drawing walks. I mean, drawing walks is a hard thing to do in baseball. Like even hitting a baseball. Like yeah. steroids don't give you power to you know straight up just hit the ball as soon as it just comes by you. That's that's your choice. I mean, like you hit the ball yourself. You look at the ball. You make contact with the ball. I own ball. So honestly, I think they should make the Hall of Fame. Like, uh, and there's there's been there's a lot of players that use you know PEDs and you know the MLB doesn't know it. So I mean, I think they should. What about you? So I think it depends on the person. I think Barry Bonds should should be in the Hall of Fame. Um, like you said, you have to be such a fearsome intimidating dangerous hitter for people to walk you like Otani got walked Otani got walked last year but no one's ever been walked like like Barry Bonds he got walked with the bases loaded because people don't want to give up a grand slam and it Um, wasn't it wasn't it was an intentional walk too like it wasn't he drew the walk it was an intentional walk and and then when you look at his his career I mean I will pull it up but his time in Pittsburgh before he took PEDs was a he was a, a a good player like in Pittsburgh he was he was a two-time all-star he he had 34 home run season 25 30 I mean he hit the ball and then as soon as he went to San Francisco he hit 46 73 in 2001 um I think okay shout out to uh the homie Sawyer at school he's doing a uh why Barry Bonds is the greatest hitter of all time project i think barry bonds is the greatest hitter of all time but a guy who shouldn't be in the hall of fame that took steroids is alex rodriguez because alex rodriguez got suspended for them twice and i hate alex rodriguez i hate his announcing i hate his voice i hate him his existence i hate his baseball career i hate alex rodriguez alex rodriguez if you're listening to this i hate you okay you you are disgraced to the game of baseball you you cheated so much um Yes. Oh, also, Roger Clemens should get in the Hall of Fame. Roger Clemens, even though if he took steroids, I think him as a pitcher was good enough to get into the Hall of Fame. You think Robinson Cano would make it? 
No, because he got suspended. I think if you get suspended for steroids, you shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame. Speaking of the Hall of Fame, though. Dude, you were frozen for so long. You were long. frozen, bro. I was like, what the heck? Bro, you, were, you have been lagging this, like, whole time. Like, it's been crazy. Yeah, I got kicked from the PlayStation to... party. At the at the start of this, at the start of the episode, bro, you were lying like crazy. Hopefully, it doesn't look bad. Okay, let's just move Whatever. on. Okay. Frick, bro, is it still lagging? Okay, let's uh, move on to the next thing, uh, the NBA. Uh, yeah, the Warriors. Yeah, they snapped the Suns' 18-game uh, win streak. Uh, I mean, uh, the Suns have been playing phenomenally for the past 18 games, and uh, the Warriors have been playing phenomenally this whole season. I mean, they probably have the MVP favorite in Stephen Curry. Uh, Suns. Lost the Warriors because Steph Curry exists. I mean, the Warriors have been probably the best team in a in in a sort of say football in ba- bro, basketball <laughs> <laughs> in basketball uh, this whole season. Yeah, they've been the best team in uh, football. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, baseball. I'm just kidding. Basketball this whole season. Uh. And uh, the, you know, being the Suns has uh, been, or it it's it show it's showing you know the whole NBA world that like you know Warriors are no joke. And keep in mind, they don't even have Clay Thompson. Uh, Clay Thompson, like he's not gonna be playing for the Warriors for you know however long he's supposed to be out for. I mean, I always see stuff about like, oh, Clay Thompson is shooting in a full uniform. Like, bro, don't give me any news. <laughs> Like, don't give me news about Clay Thompson unless he's playing in a game. For real. Okay? Like, that's all I see. Oh, the the Warriors joked, uh, the Warriors joked uh, about uh, Clay Thompson not making the 70, the 75 uh, team. 70, he's wearing a 77 jersey in, in, in team practice. Bro. Does it look like I care? Yeah, I like Clay Thompson. He's a really cool dude. <laughs> Don't give me news about him unless he's going to play at NBA We do basketball. not care. Exactly. Answer a clip and Mike Tomlin saying, we do not care. We do not care. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to put it in. <laughs> I mean, all I see, I I'm swear to you, I've seen Clay Thompson shooting in full uniform, pregame, halftime, whatever, like, about three times. Seriously. Like, like, honestly, at this point, if you're going to be shooting, like, like how you're doing, just play already. Like, I don't even know what the matter is. Like, what is the problem with you right now, bro? Like, you are fine. Play. <laughs> um, the Warriors and the Suns, yeah. They're, uh, they're really, really good. The Warriors without Clay Thompson are playing amazing. Steph Curry... Has already won the MVP award. I mean, that thing is locked up unless he like gets injured or dies. Like, he's winning the MVP award. 
I think even if he died, they'd give it to him, to be it's honest. Like, like, it's like, Harry's going to die now. <laughs> well, you should have said stuff like that. <laughs> That's messed up. We can't be saying that. So Harry is the GOAT. Um, um, but the Suns, yeah, the Suns are really good, too. They're a really young team. They had an 18-game win streak. They didn't lose a game of November. Devin Booker called it no-loss November. And... <laughs> <laughs> and uh <laughs> they're tied with the Warriors at the top of the conference. Um I mean both these teams are just really good. I don't think anyone can really beat these two teams. Um this is gonna be the Western Conference Finals matchup right here. Oh yeah. Yeah, because the Lakers suck. Speaking of the Lakers, who is at fault for the Lakers, in your opinion? Well, you know, a lot of a lot of uh, blame for the, like these type of situations is always on the coaching staff. Uh, I don't really think it's Frank Vogel's fault. Uh, I think it's just injuries that have like held the Lakers to, you know, LeBron not playing games. I mean, he's been. <coughs> He's uh, had some issues. <coughs> he's had some issues. <laughs> he's had some issues this year. Uh, oh, I get that. <laughs> Wait, were you coughing because he has COVID? <laughs> no, I was oh. actually coughing. <laughs> but yeah, COVID, and uh, you know, uh, hitting people in the face with elbows, uh, and uh, grabbing your balls in the. I'm hitting a three, but uh, you know, uh, LeBron, <laughs> LeBron, <laughs> LeBron, you know, being being out for the Lakers is a was probably the biggest thing because nobody a team that LeBron is on can't win without LeBron. It's just Facts. it's proved it it's been proved. Uh, you know, guys like Trevor Ariza, that's you know been injured this whole season. Taylor Horton Tucker, Tucker, yeah, Tucker has been injured basically this whole season. Get it? Didn't get his season debut until a couple weeks ago. Uh, Kent Bazemore, I'm pretty sure he hasn't played. I never really see Wayne Ellington play a lot. I mean, uh, yeah. Also, the thing is with the Lakers is that they get bullied a lot. In the paint, um, hmm. they don't play centers unless it's the starting lineup. Like, the, what they do is they put DeAndre Jordan or Dwight Howard in the starting lineup, and then the next substitution, they or the next quarter, however many long they do it, however much time they do it, they put AD at center and then, like, uh, LeBron at power forward. So it's like a small ball lineup, which I don't think is a good idea. Uh I think you need a true center in there, whether it's Dwight Howard, DeAndre Jordan. Uh, I think they're going to need some lineup changes. Uh, I don't think it's the coaching staff at all. Maybe it's a little bit in there. I mean, there's times where, like, they lost to very mediocre teams, like the Kings, and that's I, – I don't remember. But, you know, they're losing to re- mediocre teams, and uh, they're not – like, the other day – I was watching Laker game against the Clippers, 
we had so much opportunities to score the basketball to win it and to take the lead. Like Anthony Davis was at the free throw line twice. He was at the free throw line twice, down two. Each time, each time he, they were down by two late in the fourth quarter, fourth quarter, he missed one free throw every single time. Bruh. Like we could have tied the game, and when when the Lakers when they when the Lake when the Clippers would miss a shot, the Lakers would miss a shot. It's just not going well with the Lakers. I think at best they'd be in the playing tournament at best. Yeah, yeah, it'd be like the same as last year playing tournament. Um. I think Anthony Davis, you know, if he's going to play center, he needs to be more physical. He's supposed to be one of the best defensive players in the game, and he's just not playing like he, he should play. I don't know what the problem is. I don't know if it's because he's literally made of, like, glass and he gets injured all yeah, the time. If Anthony Davis were to play physical, he'd be injured every single game. True. Uh, also, when the Lakers won the championship in 2020, they had one of the best defenses in the league. The Lakers' defense sucks. Like, they are not good. And then what always annoys me, which is why I rarely watch Laker games anymore, is because the shooting. Like, anytime they shoot a ball, it never goes in the basket. Like, they just they just can't hit their shots. Um, Carmelo well, Anthony's been a really good acquisition, but I just think the rest of the team doesn't know how to play basketball together. What bothers me is when, you know, the Lakers are – in a groove, I get, I, I mean, I kind of would get this, but, like, Russell Westbrook just dribbles up the ball, few dribbles past half court, and he just pulls up from three. Like, bro, you can't shoot beyond the perimeter. I mean, not beyond mm-hmm. the perimeter. Beyond, like, the paint. You can't, you can't, you can't shoot beyond the paint, bro. Like, yeah. stop shooting three-pointers from the logo. It's not from the logo, but it's still, like, you're shooting three-pointers that be made by anybody else, but you can't make them, so just stop shooting. Yeah. I mean, same thing. Uh, also, also, I, I was talking about this with Anthony Davis. Like, we don't know how to shoot the free throw. Like, we suck at free throws. Seriously. Like, we probably, I think we're, like, the worst free throw percentage in the whole league because we suck. I'm not even kidding, you guys. Every single time I watch a Lakers game, about four times we get like fouled. Like, this is when I watch him. Like I've only watched him for a little bit, but we get fouled in, like four times in the span where I watch it, and they miss like at least one free throw, or like every single time. Like it's crazy. Like they always miss a free throw. It's LeBron James like an AD all the time. The Lakers have the second worst defense in the game of of basketball. Um, they have the fourth best offense. Cool. Uh, what is this free throw percentage? Because it's got to be we we are top five in blocks, but like none of the you know none of the stats like really matter that we're good in. Well, uh, another thing in the NBA was uh, the Grizzlies beat the Thunder by seventy points. It was like the most. Uh, like leading margin, the most like point differential in NBA history. Like that's crazy. Like seventy points. That's crazy. Yeah, they just like didn't stop playing. Like 
uh, I mean, everybody, everybody contributed. Um, yeah. Uh, you you want to talk about the uh, college football play or college football or yeah, college football players, college yeah. football. So okay. uh, the college uh football top four uh, was released today, I think. Yeah, today. Uh, we got uh, Alabama number one, Michigan number two, uh, Georgia number three, and uh, Cincinnati number four. Uh, I didn't even care. Like, I don't care who's going to play Cincinnati. I think Cincinnati's going to get smacked, whoever Max. plays, whether it's Alabama, Georgia, or Michigan. Al- or Cincinnati is not going to make the national championship. Watch it happen. Yeah, uh, if that happens, I mean, that's gonna this that video that you that clip right there, what you just said is gonna be everywhere forever. Um, but I think Cincinnati, I think as well, they're gonna get clapped. Uh, they're a really good team, you know, undefeated team, only undefeated team in the nation. Uh, well, in the in the in the left, you know, yeah. Um, but yesterday in the SEC championship, you know, Georgia number one. And Alabama number three played each other, and Alabama Alabama beat Georgia. They were undefeated, um, so that's what prompted Alabama to jump number one. They beat the best team in the nation, uh, and then Michigan with a forty-two to three win over Iowa in the Big Ten championship, uh, first ever playoff berth for them. You know there was a lot and, of madness, and this is the first time a team that has uh, made a, a college football playoffs without being ranked in the preseason poll. Yes, and also the first time that a non-Power 5 school has made the college football playoff in Cincinnati. Um, you know, there's a lot, of, a lot of chaos that could have happened yesterday, and it started early. You know, Baylor beat number 5 Oklahoma State in the Big 12 championship, and that's really where it kicked off because it could have, I mean, it would have been really cool to see this if Georgia beat Alabama and Houston beat Cincinnati, and then if Michigan lost – then it would be like, well, who makes the playoff now? It's going to be Georgia and who else? Because, you know, all the other teams lost. However, we don't get that. We get these four. I'm going to pick right now. I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be Alabama, Georgia again in the, in the national championship. Uh, I think it's going to be Alabama and Michigan. Uh-huh. Uh, I mean, Michigan has been like the hottest team in college football, uh, I mean, it also does help with morale for the the for the Georgia Bulldogs. You know, losing their first game of the season, you don't know what uh, could happen after their you know after after a loss. Uh, you know the, the 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 Wolverines. They have a lot of talent on that defense side of the ball with like uh, Aiden Hutchinson and uh, David Ajabo. Which both of those guys, I think, should go in the top ten in the draft. I think Aiden Hutchinson should go number one over Kayvon Thibodeau, and I feel like I I think both of them uh should just uh, go top ten just because they're really good. Uh, but uh, I mean, Alabama, who whoever played Cincinnati, who was whoever was gonna play Cincinnati was a lock to make the national championship. You hate you hate to say something like that, you know, for guys that work super hard to get to where they are, but it's just bound to happen. Uh, yeah, yeah I think you, I think it's going to be Alabama, Michigan. 
Yeah, the only reason, you know, if, you, if you're not really sure why we're saying that, the only reason we're saying that about Cincinnati, um, even though they went undefeated, is because they the only really big school they played this year was number nine, Notre Dame. And, I mean, Notre Dame, they're ranked number five in the country, but, you know, year in and year out, they're a good team, but there's always a team that, that beats up on them. And then the only other ranked opponent they played was, was Houston on, on Saturday. Cincinnati's a good team. Obviously, they're number four in the nation, but they are going to get they're going to get smacked no matter who they play. And yeah, free path. Uh, whether uh, I I I think Alabama is going to win the national championship. I think I think they're going to go back to back. Uh, you know, if Bryce Young plays through these whole you know playoffs like he this uh yesterday, I think they you know, have a chance. You know, a really big chance to. To win it, uh, I mean, it just it's it's gonna be a very very good game between Michigan and Georgia. That game's gonna be amazing to watch, and also uh, national championship. Of course, that's gonna be a big game to watch. Whether it's Alabama, Georgia, or Alabama, Michigan. Sorry, it's not even. <laughs> It's gonna, yeah. it's gonna be, it's gonna be very, very, very good two games to watch. Yeah. Um. Next thing. USC. You know, earlier this year they fired their their head coach. Steve. Um, Who's our head coach? Who even cares, bro? He doesn't matter because. Welcome. From Lincoln Riley. Lincoln Riley legend bro this guy is one of the best coaches in college football and he just left his program that's a really good football school to go uh, to a trash team to go to a trash team right but it's usc and we're about to be national champions in 2023 we're going back to our glory days baby like you know we're we're getting recruits left and right okay Seriously? yeah we're losing some recruits but we're losing Three four star recruits, bro. Who wouldn't want five star recruits? You know, five star recruit like Malachi Nelson, five star recruit quarterback Malachi Nelson, bro. I'm pretty sure he goes to the. I don't really, I, I don't, I'm not sure about this. Uh, he says, you know, California, and his jersey say Los Los Al, so I'm pretty sure he goes to Los Alamitos. Could be wrong, don't know, but yeah, I think so. Yeah, uh. You know he's he he was a he was a Oklahoma commit gone. He's not there anymore because of Lincoln Riley, and he also brought a few of his teammates with us too. Don't even know their names. I mean, I don't really care, but I mean, I would care in like a couple of years because they're gonna be good in a couple of years. Bro, this is so. You know, I was saying this saying this last night to Gavin. You know, a lot of guys have been decommitting from USC since Lincoln Riley signed, but. They're three and four star recruits, you know. The number two quarterback, who Gavin just said, Malachi Nelson. Number two, who is he behind in the class of twenty twenty three? Arch Manning. Overrated, bro. Who is like he's? I think he's a good player. But you know, Malachi Nelson, the number two quarterback, and then who's committed to Oklahoma, and then guess who else we stole? Ex Sooners running back, five star commit, Relik Brown. Just oh yeah, really to USC. Yeah. And then we also next Reggie Bush. 
We also just got wide receiver, the number 22 overall recruit in the class of 2022, Makai Lemon, from Oklahoma to USC. So we're just taking all of Oklahoma's recruits and bringing them here to SC Trojans fight on national champs 2020, 2023. Uh, just, just, just when I said Archie Manning was trash, I was joking. Like, I, I, I wasn't serious when I said he was overrated. Yeah, but, uh, I mean, honestly, do you see the players that he plays against? Like, they look like they don't even know what they're doing. Anyways. Yeah, they uh, do look, like, pretty bad. This is this is huge for the uh, the Trojans. Uh, they're going to be good for years. Yeah, it's very huge. USC went 4-8 last year for this past season. They have not been good in a very long time. They're always a ranked team. They're always ranked, like, 21 coming into the college football season. Uh, and then they, like, lose a game to, like, let's see. They lost to, like, Oregon State and Stanford, and then that's when their season's over. Um, next year's our year, baby. And then another head coach in college football that left was Notre Dame former head coach Brian Kelly. His team was, like, possibly going to make a college football playoff when he left, and he just dipped and went to LSU uh, in a very uh, controversial way. You know, the players didn't find out through until through the media, and then they had a meeting with him. He just said, I think you guys are good, but I'm out. Um, I don't really think you have a whole lot to say about this guy. Neither do I, because, to be honest, I don't care. Uh, yeah, it, it it's, uh... Uh, the number one uh prospect in uh the tw- in twenty twenty two, in you know all of uh sports, is Quinn Ewers. I think I said it right. Ewers or something like that. I don't even. Yeah. Who cares? He's a quarterback. He is a transferring out of uh Ohio Ohio State University, and uh you know teams or colleges uh that are uh you know interested. Texas, Texas Tech, and uh, was it uh, uh, te- another Texas school? Te- Texas A&M. Uh, yeah. He's from Texas. Uh, you know, Texas Tech, you know, Patrick Mahomes saying stuff about him. Uh, you know, Hook'em Horns, Texas could go there too. He can go there too. Uh, or even Texas A&M. But, uh, uh, I mean, uh, I think I think he should go to. I think it'd be better for him to go to Texas Tech. Be like, yo, uh, you come here, teams will like him just because you know Patrick Mahomes went there. Be like, oh, another quarterback from Texas Tech. Remember Patrick Mahomes? Yeah, he was good. This guy is really good, and he goes to Texas Tech. Let's get him. Um, yeah, you know this guy. He actually reclassified. He was in the 2020 – he was supposed to be a senior this year in high school. And he reclassified, and he, he didn't play. He didn't play this past season at Ohio State because he was a freshman, and he just wanted money. And CJ Shroud, he, the quarterback there, was, like, good. He got bank, bro. Like, when I tell you he got bank – so he was supposed to be a senior this year in high school. Now it was, do you want to get – Paid three million dollars and go to college instead of your senior year, or do you want to stay your senior year of high school and don't play college and, and, and don't get any money? He chose go to college, get three million dollars, 
And then, you know, he did. He played. He played like no snaps at all with Ohio State, and he got like three million dollars. You just stole bank from a lot of people for absolutely doing nothing, and then leaving that school, and you know going back to your home state, and then uh, going to you know a different different school. That is crazy. Like I need Quinn or your I don't even want to say his last name. Who even cares? But he needs to be taught in like a bunch of classes. Like he needs to be taught in a bunch of classes. Be just like him. Steal money from this dude. Like just like how this dude did it. Because he got a lot of money. Yes. Um, if you don't know who he is, he has a mullet, bleach mullet, and he looks freaking sick. Um, but he is a really, really good prospect. He's one of the highest-ranked quarterback prospects in Trevor Lawrence. I think he's going to end up going to. Uh, I think he's going to end up going to like Texas A&M. They were ranked 25 and had a pretty good season last year. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's going to go to school in Texas, and he's a really, really, really good quarterback. Leaving because C.J. Stroud at Ohio State's a really good one as well. All right, final thing, another ranking. Um, Today, we're going to be doing the top five things that can happen at school that make the day good. It's pretty much like something that happens at school that like just makes the day like really, really good, you know? Um, so what would what is your number five? My number five is a, a free day. Just like uh, when, uh, you know, you're in class, you know, you just had, you know, a test in a different class and a class before that. And then, you know, your teacher, it's usually your cool teacher, you earned a free day or they're like, yo, you guys want to have a free day. And you are like, sure. And, you know, they gave you free days. But you do nothing. But do stuff on your phone. And do stuff for, me, uh, for me, I have going home early. I think that's one of the best things that can ever happen. You know, your mom, you get you get that phone call in class and then it's. Uh-huh. Okay, I'll tell him. Connor, you're going home. The best best thing ever, you know. It's just like you get to leave early. Nothing much better than that. Uh number four is uh being the first in a lunch lines. Because mm. that's a good one. Because you guys if you guys go to school, you guys know how long the lunch lines are. Uh nice. they are crazy long and they don't I don't get lunch until like five minutes until class or until lunch ends. Uh I don't wait in the lines, I just wait for the lines to get short. But the lunch lines are super long. And if you're first in lunch line, congrats, bro. You are amazing. Yeah. You know, the lunch lines at my school, you got the actual line and then you got everyone else like me that just like cuts the front. Um, so everyone behind is a freaking loser. Uh, number four, I have sub doesn't care what you do. Or like when you have a sub and they just say do whatever you want. Like, I don't really care. You know, it's just really cool because like your teacher's not there. So you don't have to do work. And then the sub's not there. So they don't make you do the work. Just like a free period in a sense. Um, do whatever you want, you know. Uh, my number three is, you know, a cool sub. You know, I had a I had a cool sub my sixth grade year in my uh, social studies and language arts class 
they were the same class. I, I had to sub that whole year because my teacher had a baby. Uh, uh, yeah, he was a really cool sub. We found his YouTube channel. We found, we found his what YouTube channel. Um, no yeah, we found his YouTube channel. He's like a, yeah, he's, he's really cool. Uh, number three, when the school lunch is good. I don't know about your school, but my school's school lunch is, is trash. You know, they got a little whiteboard that shows the menu. And some days there'll be a lot of good stuff. You know, it'll be like chicken, pizza, all this, Bro, all this my, crazy stuff. My school, we have the same thing. Like, we get to choose. Like, we have everything, like, for the same day of the week. But, like, we get to choose. Like, there's pizza, salad, and other stuff. Yeah, well, like, my school, they have, like, they have, like, a few, like, they have a bunch of stuff. Like, they cup of noodle and quesadillas or whatever but then they also have like they have pizza every day but then there's some days where it's like pizza and mac and cheese and that's it but then there's some days where it's like pizza chicken hamburger hot dog all this crazy stuff even though the school lunch food there is trash just in general when the school food is good uh my number one is getting picked up early oh wait number two number two number number two oh that's my number one my number two okay. is getting getting that person or getting the only being the only person to get one hundred percent on a test. Oh, I had this happen to me this year in math class, bro. Not this year in math class. Say straight in math class, bro. That was crazy, bro. I was the only one to get hundred percent on a test, and Miss Villamir, a math teacher, uh, was like, bro. Gavin was the only one to get 100% on the test. Praise him. Get on your knees and clap for him right now. And so they did. Uh, number two is when the test gets canceled. You know, when you have to stay all... I don't ever study. I mean, sometimes I'll look at something for like two minutes. But I don't study. Um, and, you know, sometimes that pays off and sometimes it doesn't. But the bit, the worst thing is when you're stressing over a test, especially when you don't know what it's on. Uh, but then the relief of the teacher saying, guys, I moved the test to next week. I didn't think you guys were prepared or like, I didn't feel like giving out a test today. Best feeling, one of the best feelings you could ever have at school. Well, my number one, I already said it, is getting picked up early, but not just getting picked up early, getting picked up early unexpectedly. Like when yeah. you don't know you're going to pick up early, like it's the best thing ever. Because when the teacher picks up the phone Everybody's like, oh, this is me. I'm going home early. No. So, yeah, I, I mean, you know, you really picked up early, but, you know, your mom, dad doesn't care. Be like, they don't even care to tell you, bro, you're going to picked up early today. You just get picked up early, especially right before a test. When you get picked up early right before a test, but then you have to take it like the following day you're at school, whatever. It doesn't matter. You got picked up early that day. Yeah, I will say I think I think the last time I got picked up early from school unexpectedly was like kindergarten, and then my dad like had a broken hip. Um, so yeah, my number one is uh when you watch a movie in class. Now there's specifics to this. It has to. It can't be like some stupid movie, and you can't take notes on it. When the teacher just says we're just gonna watch a movie today. I remember in, in biology. We watched this movie, Os- Osmosis Jones. Osmosis Jones, really good movie. Um, 
even like back in elementary school when it'd be like polar express day just watching a movie instead of doing class is like the best thing ever so the uh, honor or i'm gonna do an honorable mention after this but there's this class at my school it's basically math but as an elective it's really weird but like they don't do math they watch spongebob Oh, what? They watch Spongebob. Like, they don't really do math. Like, it's weird because, like, they get, their teacher, his name is Mr. Marsalo, and he gets, like, a telescope, and he, like, looks through, like, looks at the moon, and you have to, like, tell how big the moon is, like, not by the telescope, but how big the moon is, like, like how it actually is, you know? It's weird. But they watch spongebob like they can watch full episodes of spongebob because their teacher is a huge spongebob fan it's really cool but i have a football class that i do so i don't have that but uh honorable mention watching bill nye in science mm. class yeah i should have just made that bill nye he is like the best human being ever but some of his stuff or all of his stuff is fake But, but you know, when you watch Bill Nye in science class, the only thing that sucks about this is that when your teacher has, like, have you take notes about the video, like, bro, I'm just trying to watch the video. I'm not taking notes about it. Okay? I'm just trying to watch Bill Nye, the science guy. And when the intro plays, everybody's like, Bill, 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 Bill Nye, the science guy. Science rules. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I should have just put that as my number one because that's just like the best thing ever. All right. Final thing before we end it. What did you learn today? Uh, I don't even know. For real. <laughs> I learned that, uh, <laughs> bro. Oh, you know what I mean? <laughs> Bro, I learned that, uh, okay, how about just this? Any, any, you learned, anything? you, you learned the Padres got Jorge Alfaro. That's true. I learned um, that Joey Wendell was traded. I didn't even know he was traded until I liked that. <laughs> anything else you, you have on your mind before we ended up? Uh, well, as the recording of this video, the Lions just got their first win. Uh, oh, it was yeah. a walk up. It was a walk up, walk off touchdown, with zero seconds left in the game against the Vikings. Uh, the Vikings suck. If you didn't know, but uh, you know, uh, yeah, you know the Lions got their first win of the season. Probably will be their last. But um. Yeah. Uh, yeah, let's uh, let's go, let's go, dude. Yeah. Um, Fortnite Chapter Three came out, so yeah, that's pretty much. Bro, okay, bro, you better edit say. that out right now. <laughs> okay, you better okay. not put that in the video. <laughs> <laughs> oh my um, god. I played I played Gavin in Diamond Dynasty, and I got Mercy ruled. Um. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I mercy rolled him. Chris Bryant hit two home runs. Oh, it, he hit it was two? A walk-off. Yeah, he oh, hit yeah. that one that wasn't even, like, close in the PCI. It was a oh. really ball. And then the other one was that perfect, walk-off. perfect. And I hit a two-run home run to mercy roll you. Yeah, because uh, the box were on, and I had a 66 overall pitcher. Yeah, um, that's gonna that's gonna end it for episode number fourteen <laughs> of another game. Available Joe's on YouTube, Spotify, YouTube, Spotify, and iTunes. Um, make sure you follow the Instagram no dot 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 game, and um, we'll see you guys next time. <laughs>